Okay, so it's Friday again. Uh, I've got a lot of information I've got to get out to you. I was going to uh, potentially do skip this week and go into next week, but then that video would end up being two hours long, and these videos seem to be a little longer than they need to be anyway. So we'll we'll um, we'll bang this out today. Go over a few things. Got a lot of um, emails, messages through social media. I, I actually this week was actually really good. I got a lot of direct of phone calls and had a little bit of time to um, speak to some shareholders, which I haven't had the opportunity to do. And uh, well, last week would have been the last time I actually spoke with a shareholder over the phone. So I, I enjoy speaking with everyone and getting their feedback and uh, input and just to get an idea, a sense of what, what you're thinking as a shareholder. I'm a shareholder just like you, and I'd like to know if we're all on the same page, which actually is helpful for these videos, right? So a couple things that I discussed this week are going to be included um, in this video a little uh, towards the end. So let's uh, jump into Bacter Scientific. So the 510K is completed. That does not mean it's um, approved, all right? So I just want to be very clear on the language. We've completed all the documentation for the 510K. Now what we need to do are conclude the clinical trials. So we, we, when you have a 510K, you're going to in, insert uh, all the clinical testing results. So what we have now are the reagents are on their way. We are going to be doing the testing with these reagents. Now understand what are these reagents? These reagents are going to be tested against live virus. So that's not something that you could just send anywhere. It has to be a clear lab or a facility uh, that is approved for that testing. So we're bringing that in we'll, uh, with, with a testing partner. Uh, we don't have a clear lab. That's something in the future we're, we're looking at doing. Uh, but they will test that probably next week we should have that you figure testing is going to take two to three weeks we'll insert that into the 510k and then that's off to the uh, fda and i think everything should go quite well we've done some preliminary testing everything's gone very well so that's where we are in back to scientific as far as the e uh the emergency use authorization that is still in process we get now we're at bi-weekly <laughs> updates from the fda uh, which seems to be kind of dragging a little bit. I did get a count on how many people or how many submissions they've had. They are in the thousands upon thousands. So something around 9,400 uh, submissions, um, none of which are competitive with what we're doing. So no one is using LAMP technology. No one is, uh, I, I, won't, I don't want to get into the proprietary stuff, but our particular testing tube is the first of its kind. So it builds in enough redundancy, which virtually eliminates a false positive or false negative. It really does increase the accuracy. So that's a pretty big deal. We'll be filing numerous patents um, as soon as we get the, get past this step. The Ossifix. So right now with Ossifix, where are we at? So we're in the, we're completing the design phase, phase of the packaging. So let me explain why. When you have a medical device or medical material such as bone, human, human bone, even the packaging has to be approved So, by the FDA. So that has the, the, the inserts, the tray, the material, all that's done. We're making sure that we have the proper identifying markers and labeling on the outside. Of course, there's an aesthetic uh, component to that, that we have a particular standard here. Uh, I'll be taking a look at those designs in the next week or so 
and then we'll get that uh, pushed out and then you'll have the first run most likely in October. At least that's our expectation. Could it be sooner? Uh, potentially, I'm not in a rush. I wanna make sure that this is done properly. We had an issue years ago where on the uh, <clears throat> Clearview wrist fixator, the outside labeling did not have enough redundancy when compared to the inside labeling. Now, I know that sounds ridiculous, but clarification and, and being very clear in what, what's in a package is important. I, we all understand why. We just did not feel that it needed to be on more than one corner of the package. The FDA disagreed and we made those adjustments. It's literally the only issue we've ever had with the FDA. So uh, that went well. That was, you know, they referred to that as a ding. Uh, that was the only ding we had. Uh, from, so we have a pretty good relationship with them and a, and a good track record. Uh, next cast. So the next cast is finalizing the uh, new material selection. Some new materials are available now that uh, that will can make the cast more comfortable. There's some there's some new foams, some closed cell foam. Usually, open cell is viewed as a little more comfortable, but this new foam uh, not only tends to be more comfortable, but it's waterproof, right? Which is important to the to the device. And also has better sealing properties, uh, so it'll insulate a little bit better for the componentry inside. Uh, and then, of course, we would uh, apply our IGEA technology to that, and then it would be out the door. So we don't expect it to be more than a couple of weeks. We'll get everything finalized. We're really, everyone is really hustling to get it done by the end of the year. Not just NextCast, all companies, the things that they have in the, uh, the pipeline, we want them all out by the end of the year so we can start the new year with the next phase of building the company's uh, revenues. So <clears throat> uh, contracts. So contracts with the EV charging partners, uh, they'll go out by the end of the month is the expectation. I've been working on those uh, loosely with legal. There's been a few other things. We're kind of inundated with, with some other time sensitive issues. So I've been a little uh, focused on, you know, prioritizing the things that need to go out the door sooner. We'll have those contracts out to our partners, several dealerships, about 16 locations, and we're going to then uh, send them the designs on the uh, EV charging. I will release those images to you once we get all the documents signed, and, and then we'll move forward with what they're going to look like. These things are going to be, the design's dynamic, right? So for certain dealerships, uh, some of the aesthetic might not work or some of the design might not work because you're looking at uh, a charging center that also has a battery uh, or storage component uh, built into this situation. So that it's not just in the charging unit itself, but there'll be another uh, portion of this uh, battery bank, if you will, uh, using our proprietary technology to store energy. And that's a pretty big deal. So we, we need to make sure there's space, there's room, and we'll have to tweak that. I know that might not that might sound a little confusing, but it, it'll be clear once you see the images. I don't want to get too far into some of the things that are a little more sensitive when it comes to that particular technology. Uh, H2O contracts, got a lot of calls on this. Where are we? And this is my fault because I told everybody we we're going to be talking names this week. So that's with legal. So H2O has signed off on the draft agreements, and then that makes its way over. They want to get a second set of eyes. We're looking at that. There, I, I did have a, a particular question uh, in reference to 
uh, how that's going to work. Okay, so let me explain the situation before we get too far into it. So we are putting together a relationship with a company out of Texas that will essentially spearhead all the oil industry relationships. The question is going to pop up. Why are you doing it? Why are you doing it this way? Why don't you, you handle it yourself? You know, the oil industry is its own animal, and it's far more complicated. I've got a little experience with this than people really understand. It's going to be more cost effective for us, not just pertaining to human capital or hires, but also with the amount of time that's going to be expended in dealing with that particular industry. They have, they are heavily regulated in, in ways that I, I don't want to go into in this video, but because of that, they do things in, in, in sometimes very odd ways uh, when you're looking at it from a, a straight business perspective. So they're very reluctant to do things the traditional way. Uh, and it takes a long time to get these things ironed out. It's, you know, it's, uh, um, Wall Street meets the Midwest type mentality, but it, it's it's more than that. It's much more complicated than I think. Uh, well, we don't have time to get into that in the video. Maybe if, if we really want to understand that and it's something that we want to have a conversation of, put put in the comments you'd like me to go into detail about uh, the differences, and, and I'll be more than happy to enumerate those. But for all, from our standpoint, if we have a partner that's already in that industry and they are going to either retail or provide services as an authorized retailer or provider of the services, whether those services, remote monitoring, installation, maintenance, et cetera, then it would, it would behoove H2O to offset that responsibility so they could focus on some of the other things that they want to focus on, which is the treatment of water for cities, but also environmental impacts of certain events or just, you know, pollution that's over a period of time. So these are things that we're looking at getting into. We are talking to some people overseas. Part of um, our strategic partner relationship with Precision Engineering is also supporting their overseas projects, one of which right now is Spain uh, for these discharge wells, but also providing the new evaporator unit, which we'll be following the patents for. And we'll get you some images as soon as we're done protecting all of the IP. Uh, but that's where we are with H2O, that's going to be, I think, um, that's going to be something that I feel is going to really help H2O grow exponentially so that they're not always being held back by some of these projects or these installations they've already put in place. So, again, if, if we want more uh, information on that or we're going to go a little deeper, I'll be more than happy to do so, do so but I don't want to do that in this particular uh, video. So where are we on those contracts? Those contracts are just, we're just uh, like I said, I have a few questions. We're going to get those ironed out over the next couple of days, and then we'll uh, also, uh, as soon as there's a little information, we'll put, put together uh, an outline on, on where we are and how we got there. That will come after I make the announcement by an official press release. Doing it through here, saying, okay, we got the contract signed, and this is what it's going to be. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So that's not the official medium for uh, notifying shareholders, or, or this is not the official medium. So we would do a press release, and then we'll do a video um, and, and go back and forth on some of the uh, questions that are provided to us, okay? So um, got a lot of phone calls uh, this week 
on acquisitions? Are you, are you buying another company? I'm reluctant to go too far into this, but what I will say is two of the three targeted companies that we are looking to either fully acquire or partially acquire and add as a strategic partner, two or three of, of three of those are in the final stages. We're, we're close to getting that done. So what does that mean? Because it's that close, we have so much time left in the year, then I'm more inclined to execute on that uh, before the end of the year. So we would not roll those into the following year. What sectors are those in? I think as a shareholder, you should probably know we are targeting our supply chain. I want to control our supply chain. I want to control our manufacturing, as much of our supply chain, as much of our manufacturing as we can. And then there are a few, some few other industries that we uh, we are targeting to benefit some other projects that we are working on in the other companies, one of which would be AUAT. Aviation is a big one, so we are uh, looking into that. But manufacturing, supply chain, that sort of thing, that's what we're targeting. I'm not going to get into um, uh, what specific companies they are, where they're located. We'll do a press release once that's done, and then we can talk about as much detail as you'd like. The acquisition of these companies will add not only human capital or employees, probably an additional 30, 20 to 30 employees, and then over 100 products. So it should be a huge value add, not just for the holding company, the publicly traded holding company, but for you as a shareholder. Next question I got was the town hall. So I'm glad everybody remember that. I'm almost done. <laughs> I know I keep saying there's really a lot going on. I'm almost done with everything I need to do to release the shareholder letter and do a town hall. My expectation, I'm estimating here, is 30 to 45 days. I'll know within the next two weeks uh, what, that, what date I can commit to. So you'll have an update on when that's going to take place. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's something that is very much needed, especially in the past couple of weeks with certain messages and, and phone calls. Yesterday I received several phone calls about some things going around on, on chat rooms or uh, message boards. I'll address that in a minute. But I think having a direct line to us so that you can ask us these questions is going to be far more valuable than even these videos or press releases. I, I need to be able to speak directly with shareholders. And, and let me just be clear because I, I've been hearing a few things. I'm, I'm very much interested in talking to all shareholders, but serious ones. So if, if, if these, what I will do, and I've instructed the staff when we do the town hall, is those who are that are not looking at this as an investment or looking to disrupt those who have a lot of time and money invested, especially guys like me, right? If they're looking to just be disruptive, they won't, we're not, I'm not, I'm not interested in engaging them. I just want to be very blunt. And I know that's something that I'm sure I'm going to hear about either from legal. You can't, you don't say that, but I, I need to be very clear. This is, we're serious here. And if you're not, and this is not really going to be a forum for you to, to engage in. So I, I would stick to those message boards and chat rooms if that's uh, what, what interests you. Okay. So we'll do that. We're, I want to engage directly. 
It's one of the reasons I take all the calls I do personally. It's one of the reasons that we, we brought in a staff to make sure that we're always on top of social media requests, questions, inquiries, and so forth. Um, and I'm going to make an emphasis here. So let, let, let me just say this. Yesterday, I received several phone calls in reference to a claim that I'm not going to get into. But if you see something that is concerning, someone's making a claim about the company that is either negative or outlandishly positive, right? Such as we just got a contract with uh, some company or some major government agency for billions of dollars. These are all things with a little bit of effort should be easily researched and investigated. Likewise, if you hear that the company is you know, going to go under tomorrow, these are all things that you should easily be able to research. If for some reason you can't, then the appropriate action is to send us a message and make us aware of it and we'll respond immediately. Now, here's the caveat to that. I will not personally respond to every single rumor that someone wants to put on the internet. That's a waste of time. We, we have a lot to do here in a day and fielding questions on uh, frivolous statements is, is truly a waste of time, especially with my schedule. Uh, you're, you're talking, if most people knew what my schedule was, they'd probably be concerned about being able to keep it up. I hear that all the time, but it needs to be done. We're gonna get it done and we do that by managing our time very well. I, I don't wanna beat a dead horse there. So uh, town hall, show letter, next 30 to 45 days, I'll have a date for you in the next two weeks. And that's something I really want to get done because there's a lot of information and a lot of things that we need to pull. Uh, the next thing, got some questions about what each subsidiary makes. Now we are revamping our reporting. As many of you know, we've done that a couple of times. We're getting a little more detailed. We've changed our format. Um, it, it is really up to us if we want to break that down per subsidiary because each subsidiary is not a publicly traded company. So it's not a requirement. We just need to, you know, report the aggregate or the, or the collective uh, revenues. I personally think it's going to be a, a better idea for us and more beneficial for the shareholder or a potential investor to take a look um, what each subsidiary is earning. Now, I know it's a double-edged sword, for me, it's about proving growth. So we're going to start at this one benchmark here. And for those who are looking for long-term investments, we'll take a look at quarter over quarter and say, okay, this company was making this much. You know, these particular subsidiaries are bringing this. And now this quarter, it's either up or it's down. That's a better way to evaluate. If it's up, why? If it's down, why? Uh, what is the potential? The potential or, or and what is the guidance being given? So. We are going to do that. I get put. I wrote down a list of of some of the subsidiaries that you'll see at first. So after the audits are completed, you'll see it with Boost Words. You'll see it with the Dreaming Company, HBC Health Solutions, H two O is another one, and then UAT. And we'll do that guidance over over ninety days. So I think that's going to be hugely helpful to people who are trying to figure out how UAT or UAT group works, UATG, I should say, it's a ticker symbol, how it works and how it's reporting all of its uh, revenues. This will make it much easier, much more transparent. And to be quite frank with you, 
for institutional investment and for uplisting, this is going to help us. Even if the revenues are not what people want them to be, at least it'll be 100% transparent. And now we have a benchmark to measure against uh, going forward. So this is important. I got, I, you know, two, I don't know if this is going around as well. I made a statement that we're targeting a 15% annual growth and that um, this year or next year will be the biggest, uh, you know, growth for the company. How can you say that was the question. Why wouldn't year three, you know, four or five years from now be the biggest year? Well, that's because we're, where our stock price is and, and where we started a year ago, and I know the company's older than a year, but understand what we have done in the, the past seven, eight months is we have set up numerous acquisitions, uh, reporting of revenue. And when you look at the price per share, I'm not, I'm not sure I understand the question. You're not going to see, year to date, we're at 26, 2700% growth in the, in the price per share, right? You're not going to, at some point, you're, the, the stock price is going to be at a, at a certain value that's much higher, hopefully, right? And you're not going to see a 2700% growth. I think Amazon year to date, not year to date, uh, forget what year though, how many years it's been, but they're only up like 4,000% and it's like eight years or something, you know? So you're not going to see that continued or sustained growth. It doesn't mean we're not going to continue to grow. It doesn't mean you're not going to see a, a good growth rate, but 15%, I feel is the sweet spot as a minimum standard for a company to target. I know it's aggressive. I know if you don't have to send in letters and emails. I know that's aggressive, but I feel when you look at the companies that do well and, and show the biggest returns to their shareholders and have sustainability, they're in that mark. There's other there's other metrics. I don't want to get into this video, but the, the, you know that I measure the company against. But that growth rate is something that we are targeting. Um, and like I said, we in um, eight eight months or so, we've added five subsidiaries. Uh, you know, we're at 26, almost 2,700 percent. Increase in price per share year to date, 400% uh, increase, over 400% increase in revenues. This is going to continue over the next 18, 20 months for this company. There's a lot happening next year. And, you know, and you can say, well, why don't you do it this year? I think we've done quite a bit. I had this conversation with a shareholder, and they said, well, you can get it all. There's still time. Do it all now. I don't know what more you would want from a company. We've done quite a bit. And with that comes a lot of logistics and time. So uh, we're also doing that considering the, the current business climate. It's, it's not, there are some challenges in maintaining supply chain and, and materials. We've all just got a, new, a price increase across the board on raw materials and supplies of up to 20% in some instances. So it's been a huge hit on inflation of such materials. So there's a lot of things happening. Way into all of these decisions. Okay, so the capital series video and the financial disclosure video, the walkthrough. I have to apologize. I've just been really uh, inundated with hitting certain benchmarks as far as uh, calendar points that I need to make sure we, we get done. So I haven't had time to do the walkthrough video. I, I am going to do it, and I, I, I want to make sure. I think it's important that we we do do that because the more I talk to shareholders, I realize reading a disclosure statement is not something that 
uh, everyone understands fully. Uh, so the capital series video, the, everybody's asking, and I know I got to get out. I will, but they, what's going to what's going to be in there? Now, based on some of my conversations, I will guarantee you this: um, it'll include what a Reg A plus is, tier one, tier two. I've got some phone calls uh, this past week uh, in reference to some discussions they were having amongst themselves. They had it all wrong. So we're going to get a video out and we'll explain that. These forward splits, reserve, uh, reverse splits, um, dividends, all this. Yes, I'm going to cover all of that. I think most people don't fully understand what those are either. Uh, and, and they think they do, but they don't. Um, and then we're going to discuss market cap and evaluation to include multiples, right? So how do you evaluate a company? Now, I'm not going to do a video on how to evaluate our company. I'll be a little self-serving and biased, but there are things you need to look at. So I'm not going to give you investment advice, but they're going to, I'm going to give you my take on how to address certain concerns or when you're taking a look at a company and, and understand that the market, what goes into a market cap? I, I know what people understand as far as a the market cap, what they read on OTC markets. I don't think they understand how that's calculated. I thought it was simple, but apparently many people don't understand that. So we're going to go over that. And then we're also going to work on how to evaluate, depending on one industry, to what multiple, especially based off of revenues or assets uh, and compare with those. So that will be included. So another thing, been asked a lot about institutional investment. Uh, certain acquisitions. I, I don't want to get too far into specifics, but I think it's important that, you know, I share a little bit with you. I've been asked, not just through social media, but personal phone calls and personal emails. Can you give us an idea, some insight, what's going on behind the scenes? I'm always reluctant to do that because not everything works out, right? We're, we're looking at many things. So, but what I will do is I will go over a few things that are a little further along the way. Uh, they may or may not work out, but these are things that are going to give you a little bit of insight to the daily operations. So uh, institutional investment for uh, real estate acquisitions. No, we're not a real estate investment company, but we do need more space. It is my goal to make sure that we control as much of the manufacturing and fulfillment as well as customer service as possible. Now, that it's to do 100% is not feasible right now for us, and it's probably never going to be practical. What we will do is work with partners, fulfillment partners across the country, so that we can get to the two-day delivery. Where does this come from? Well, I'm sure many of you noticed that IGS Skin is doing that. So you'll notice that along the way, the subsidiaries will do various things. Once it works out, once we identify who those partners can be, we get through some of the logistical concerns with one company or one product, then that will be shared amongst the entire conglomerate and we'll propagate those particular um, tools and resources across the full suite of companies. So we are going to be doing that for UAT and a few of the other companies. And then we're going to have fulfillment centers as we do now, or fulfillment center partners as we do now so that we can do what IGS Skin is successfully doing now and guaranteeing two-day delivery. So we're going to be doing that with a few products. But here in Florida, what I would like to do is control more of the manufacturing and distribution, uh, the not just the manufacturing of the 
the final uh, product, but also some of the components and processing raw materials on site. To do that, we need more space. We also have to hire more people. Uh, so it'll be towards the end of the year and the beginning of next year, there'll be a hiring phase that we will experience. And we have to be able to screen all of these folks to make sure that they are they meet the guidelines and they'll fit into the corporate culture. It's a pretty big deal uh, for me. It's the corporate culture. So we're very selective on who can come. And uh, it's a pretty tough process to get through. Uh, you know, I think it's justifiable, but it's very intentional. So we are looking for not just more office space, but more manufacturing space. When is that going to happen? I'm currently in discussions with institutional investors that focus on corporate acquisitions in the real estate sector. They understand why, they understand what the dollars are. You and I are not going to have that conversation yet as far as the dollars, uh, but it's substantial. We need to make sure that we can get everybody in there and then have enough room for growth over time. Once we have that, then we'll look at the design and build out of our, uh, our headquarters. That is the ultimate goal because that is going to require a lot more space, but we need to get into something quickly. And by quickly, not tomorrow, I don't want to panic anyone, but over the next couple of months, I'd like to see something finalized and start to build out uh, improvements or you know, retrofit on, on a couple of these locations that we've identified and we are targeting and in process of negotiating uh, financing for. So that's another thing that we're working on uh, in the background. We need to bring on some more engineers and some more uh, designers for a couple of different products but also people that will help us with the administrative side of the business, especially at, at the UATG level. And there's a lot of, a lot of things are bringing everything in under one umbrella requires uh, some resources that we need to add to so that not everybody is working six, seven days a week. <laughs> okay. So I think I'll, I'll, I'll cut it off there. I've got some more stuff for you next week. So we will be doing another video. I don't know what day next week. We might push it to Friday. It just depends on what's happening on Friday. Uh, Thursdays tend to be a little bit better, but yesterday was just back to back, so I couldn't do a video uh, yesterday. So I hope this works. Everybody has a great weekend. If there's any questions or something I didn't cover, or if you had a question that we didn't get to, I think we've got to all of them, unless there was a last minute uh, addition. Uh, if we didn't get that, please put it in the comments and we'll get it uh, answered for you next time. If it's something that can't wait, then give me a call directly or shoot the company email or just message us um, on, the so on one of the social media platforms. So thank you for listening. I know this was a long one. I, I apologize when we go on and on, but a lot has happened, and I, I, I've got to make sure that before I go on to the next thing, you're aware of what, what built up to it, okay? Have a good weekend. Everybody's being safe. I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you.